Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very happy to be there today to uh, present you the result uh, of a work uh, we have done uh, at the French School of Regulation and Microeconomics. We have done it for Edison, Asso Electrica and Federal Utility. And uh, we thank them for uh, giving uh, us the opportunity to, to present uh, this work uh, to you. Uh, we have compared uh, 10 different uh, regimes for granting right to use hydropower in Europe. And in particular, we will see that we show that the diversity of hydropower regimes in Europe, from our point of view, can create distortions on the electricity market. And consequently, it would be beneficial that these regimes be harmonized uh, to some extent. So my presentation is organized as follows. Uh, first, I will give you the context of this study and uh, its objective. Then I, I will present you the results of our benchmarking of hydropower regimes in Europe, including the, the distortions from the diversity. And last, I will conclude, conclude on these results and uh, their consequences. So first, the context and objectives of the study. Uh, well, hydropower uh, is, is a, a prominent energy source um, for different reasons, for different characteristics. Uh, this is because first it is uh, an affordable uh, energy source with a level as cost often between 50 and 100 euro, which is in the same range of any other energy types, whether renewable or not. Uh, furthermore, hydropower, uh, hydro storage with or without pumping uh, provides flexibility to the electricity system. This is all the more useful to the system if uh, intermittent generation such as wind or photovoltaic uh, power develops. Uh, and uh, hydropower has also the advantage of being a technology that does not emit CO2 uh, producing electricity, which is uh, with also um, uh, an important uh, development potential since only 30% of the uh, hydropower potential is currently exploited uh, in Europe. Uh, meanwhile, hydropower is a generation technology uh, which has a considerable impact uh, on uh, its local environment. It can impact other water or land uses, tourism, agriculture, aquaculture, etc. because it can uh, flood some areas when there is uh, when they are built with reservoir. It can also impact uh, wildlife, even uh, remote aquatic life, um, changing water course, water temperature, or um, an oxygen concentration from the stagnation in uh, reservoirs. It can also produce uh, greenhouse gases from the decomposition of specific flooded land. Uh, excuse me, I forget uh, <coughs> animations. Um, and uh, but the the environmental impact of hydropower can be minimized um, with the appropriate choice of uh, site for hydropower plant and some investment obligation such as uh, fee slaters or aerating turbines etc. In order to to minimize the environmental impact. 
So that is why there is a need of uh, an environmental impact assessment for hydropower plant. And it also explains that there is a need for public control to balance the benefits of hydropower for the entire power system against its potential negative effects uh, on the uh, in environment. environment excuse me. Understanding and grasping the, the main differences between the national or regional hydropower regimes throughout Europe is of particular interest for several reasons that are the main objectives of this study. Uh, first, research, or research excuse me, on hydropower regimes, in, from our, our knowledge and um, unknown territories, there exists uh, no study uh, of diversity of hydro regimes in Europe and the possible distortions on the electricity market. Um, besides, from a, a practical point of view, you will see that it is interesting to question the seemingly amazing drivers of the actions by the European Commission with regard uh, to uh, hydropower regimes. So, before going further, I'd like to ask you um, what is your knowledge of hydropower uh, regimes in your country? Because from uh, our point of view, it's <coughs> rather some uh, new topic in the field of, of the energy policy. Uh, so I propose you a poll with this regard. So you, you have two uh, answers, two possible answers, uh, whether you, you have a rather uh, limited knowledge or rather a detailed knowledge um, of hydropower regimes in your country. So I let you some time to, to answer to the poll. Uh, there is now two thirds of the people that have answered it. Let you some time now. Eighty uh, percent. I will close it in let's say five seconds. So there's no more uh, no more votes. So with more than than ninety uh, percent of people answering to to the questions. Uh, it's rather balanced because we have uh, almost 50-50 um, between people knowing hydropower regimes in their countries and people that, that do, don't know it, uh, people that, that don't, that have, uh, excuse me, a limited knowledge and uh, others that have a uh, detailed knowledge. So this will, the, the, I think it will be very interesting to, to see it in the Q&A session and, uh, uh, to for for you to to questions and to um, also to um, have a, a better knowledge of hydropower regimes in your country and other, also in in other countries. So and now if we enter uh, in the the results of our benchmarking, they are as, as follow. Our main result is the um, huge institutional and contractual heterogeneity that, that surrounds. Uh, hydropower regimes. And not surprisingly, subsidiarity has produce, produced heterogeneity at the national level, more surprisingly at the uh, regional or local level. Uh, we could see it with different legislative frameworks and decision-making processes for granting uh, right to use hydropower. Uh, we also observe uh, heterogeneity in the regulatory arrangements 
uh, and contractual terms uh, that may be different from one country to another with different duties imposed on the hydropower operators, different rules, different duration of rights, uh, different provisions for environmental protections and uh, different uh, investment obligations. Uh, we can illustrate that with different maps. Um, so on, on this first maps, map, excuse me, we can see that, that the local or regional authorities can play a large role in the decision-making process to grant hydropower right, for instance, in Portugal, Germany, Sweden, Switzerland, or Italy. So the, the dark green colored uh, country. Um, where the, the local um, authorities uh, have decision-making power. What is the, versus the size of the plant? In Austria, in France, or in Spain, so the, the light green colored country, uh, the local authorities have decision-making power for the smallest power plants with different results depending on the countries. And this situation will increase the heterogeneity coming from, from the national level because you may have different interpretation um, on, uh, uh, on on the national uh, legislation and 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 further heterogeneity uh, from local level. So now if we look at another uh, feature of uh, hydropower regimes, it's the obligation attached to um, hydropower rights and, and they may be different from one country to another. For instance, you will have uh, countries uh, asking for uh, an environmental impact assessment everywhere and whatever the, the size of their uh, power plant. Uh, so they are um, uh, illustrated uh, by with the green countries and in particular it's the case for Sweden or Portugal where you have no uh, threshold for the size of the power plant for implementing an environmental impact assessment. Whereas in other countries uh, you have a threshold of capacity uh, for an environmental impact assessment and uh, even for uh, other countries, uh, they ask an, an assessment only in sensitive areas. So that's the case for the blue colored countries uh, in uh, France, Spain, or Great Britain. And the, the obligations of uh, residual water flow, so the part of water uh, flow that the hydropower cannot uh, stop, let's say, uh, varies a lot from one country to another, from non-zero but not specified value in Germany to around 15% uh, in France. So, put simply, constraints on hydropower plants for operator are very heterogeneous from one country to, uh, to another. There are also different forms of rights or authorization, concession, license permits. So we can see the, the different, uh, the, the countries choosing the, the different types of rights on this map. Um, and even for a given country, for instance, in France or in Norway, you can have different uh, type of rights uh, that are used depending on, on the size of, of the per plant. And you can have also a different duration of rights to use hydropower. Uh, 
let's say from uh, 15 years to uh, 80 years in some countries and either for unlimited time so for instance in in the red colored country uh, in Sweden Norway for for public company and two in Great Britain for licenses that, that are granted uh, before 2003. Uh, this means that the time to recover investment in hydropower plant varies a lot uh, from one country to another and this is uh, another uh, source of heterogeneity for investor and an operator. At last, the, another characteristics of institutional and regulatory framework of hydropower regime is the openness of competition to grant right uh, to use uh, hydropower. And that differs uh, considerably also from one country to another. One can see here on this map three groups of country. The blue card country, France, Spain and Italy that have implemented a competition process for attribution or renewal of rights. Uh, Switzerland and Portugal, uh, so um, they are colored uh, in green, implement uh, competitive process for attribution only and not for the renewal. And you have no competition process implemented yet in uh, the other countries in yellow, uh, in Norway, Sweden, uh, Germany and Austria. After this illustration, uh, more surprisingly that heterogeneity at the national level, we also note heterogeneity at the European level. So we observe a lack of consistency and non-coordinated actions uh, of the different uh, EU policy bodies, uh, DG market, DG competition and DG environment. And it's also uh, remarkable that uh, DG energy has never um, uh, do any work on this topic until now. So indeed, when we um, look at the European at the, at the decisions by by the European Commission, uh, it's quite amazing. So it's uh, what is illustrated with this uh, table. So the red color dot in this table indicate concerns about competition for accessing hydropower rights, either because they are grating for uh, a too long period of time, so with the uh, column duration, or because no competition process is implemented for granting them or for uh, renewing them. Uh, and well, when we uh, look at the, this evaluation of a granting process and the uh, current uh, competition infringement opened by the European Commission, it's quite amazing um, because uh, the uh, European Commission has reopened an infringement procedure against uh, Italy of, because there was a, a delay in opening uh, the hydropower market. Uh, but there is already uh, a willingness to open this market with a quite short duration for this kind of rights. But other countries like Austria, Germany or Sweden have not been concerned by, by any procedure for uh, competitive infringement. Whereas we, we see uh, with the, the dots that there, are, there is some concern with, uh, with this regard in, the, in these countries. So the, the actions of the European Commission with re this regard currently is quite uh, quite amazing. 
more generally the, the actions of the different uh, European uh, Director General are not coordinated. So this map exemplified the infringement procedure about uh, hydropower regimes and the lack of coordination uh, of the different Directorate General. So the, the different uh, colors indicate the infringement procedures uh, opened by the different uh, Directorate General. So light blue, uh, it's uh, infringement uh, procedure opened by the DG competition. Uh, darker, da darker blue, uh, it's for um, uh, infringement procedure opened by the DG market and uh, uh, yellow uh, is for uh, infringement procedure opened by DG environment, DG environment. And we see that the DG competition uh, has targets, uh, uh, targeted Portugal for, for state aid. Uh, very recently with an, an uh, still pending uh, infringement procedure, but the DG market does not in fact investigate the openness of competition for renewal of rights. Uh, so th that's quite amazing that one DG, DG uh, open an infringement procedure and another has not done anything whereas it could have done. Or we also see that the DG environment opens an infringement procedure in Austria so that the water directive is the, uh, respected, but the DG market does not uh, investigate the openness of competition uh, for renewal of rights, whereas we have seen that there is some uh, competition concerns with Austria. So we can notice uh, then a, a lack of common regulatory backgrounds uh, at the European level for uh, hydropower. And this explains uh, why we, we have uh, such a diversity even at the national uh, level, because the European level have, not, have never uh, uh, cited uh, this topic in order to um, uh, uh, make uh, a European uh, playing field with uh, this regard for hydropower regimes. So the problem with heterogeneity is that it can create uh, distortion. Uh, one country can provide better or worse condition for investment in use of hydropower, more or less investment on uh, environmental obligation shorter or, or longer duration of rights and duration for recovering your investments, uh, different taxation level, different uh, compensation at the end of uh, hydropower rights, uh, more or less uh, open competition process, etc. Um, and it is obvious that this condition um, will uh, impact investment uh, and use of hydropower and compared to a situation where the national hydropower uh, regime would be built uh, with a common methodology, uh, heterogeneity distorts uh, the national power equilibrium, the electricity price in each country, and, and consequently investment in the different countries, and also the electricity flow pattern th through uh, the uh, power grid. And considering this uh, effect, well, uh, we can wonder 
what should be done uh, to uh, harmonize the hydropower regimes. Uh, so that that's our uh, second poll. Um, uh, so I launch it. Uh, so we propose here uh, three answer. Uh, first, you think that no harmonization is needed. Uh, second, um, uh, you think that the, the we should harmonize the values characterizing hydropower regimes, so the the duration itself of hydropower regimes, the value of residual flow, the specific investment obligation, uh, or um, uh, only harmonize the methods to set the values, so not the values the, themselves, but the way they are computed. So for the same characteristics. So I'll let you vote. Uh, we have already on 50% of people that have uh, voted. More, uh, we are now at uh, almost 80%. Uh, I'll let you some seconds still. Still last, uh, last uh, minute voters. So there, there's no more vote, I, I close the poll and now share it with you. <clears throat> so most of you think that the methods uh, should be harmonized, that's also what we, we think. Because well, for harmonizing the values, uh, well, it's uh, we have uh, hydropower, it's something that is very uh, local, it's characteristics, the environment, so it's, in our view, it's very difficult to have a common value all over Europe with very different uh, landscapes, characteristics for uh, land, for the water flows, etc. So that's something that we think is very difficult to implement, to have an harmonization of values. Where some of you think that no harmonization is, need, is needed. Well, that's possible, but uh, we think at least that we should um, evaluate what is the uh, impact of, more precisely, what is the impact of uh, having non-harmonized uh, hydropower regimes uh, in Europe, uh, and what is the, uh, the, the, the size of the uh, distortions uh, resulting from non-harmonization in order to see whether uh, you, uh, the, uh, some kind of cost-benefit of harmonization is positive or negative. So I now come to my conclusion. Um, so the institutional framework related to hydropower is made of a stacking of interest and decision-making power from the European level to the local level and also going through uh, the national authorities. And the trade-offs are then needed um, between these different interests to come up with uh, um, uh, with efficient decisions regarding hydropower right of use. And uh, in particular, the, the consequential uh, liabilities of hydropower uh, operators with uh, regard to their uh, environmental impact should be should not be neglected which also explains why an in-depth uh, local or national control is needed to check uh, operators' qualification or a transfer of liabilities during uh, renewal. And besides, we have seen that there is an unequal pressure for implementing a competitive uh, process to grant uh, hydropower rights uh, from the European Commissions. And there is also uh, a broader question that should at least be uh, 
uh, raised and and treated uh, about the the impact of uh, an, of non-harmonized obligations and other characteristics of hydropower regimes. Uh, they could be uh, justified by national specificities, but at least it should be uh, uh, the question should be raised, analyzed uh, to know whether it is justified or whether uh, an harmonization to some extent is needed to avoid uh, distortions on the uh, European electricity market. So I thank you for your attention and your questions and comments are, are very welcome. Thank you. Great, thank you Vincent for your presentation. It was very interesting, it gave us a very complete overview. Uh, now we go straight to the Q&A session. I will switch your webcam on so that uh, all attendees can see you. Uh, I would start with a question, yes, which is more general, I would say, and then I will ask you some questions which are more related to countries. So uh, how could you mm -hmm explain that the European Commission and the EU bodies have not initiated a coordinated action on hydropower regimes? Uh, well, the, uh, in fact, what we see is that each DG is uh, using its own uh, set of law and there was never uh, a European reflection uh, at, uh, with regard to hydropower regimes. Uh, so I think that's the same for any topic in Europe. Uh, if there is no uh, question raised in particular by the uh, DG Energy with this regard, uh, we will never uh, have uh, a common uh, level playing field uh, on this topic. Uh, otherwise, each uh, DG is acting in each own area uh, without looking at what are doing all the other uh, DGs. So that's, uh, in fact, there, there, are, there are different interests in the European Commission in the different uh, DGs, and that's why we have this quite amazing landscape. Uh, so we have not uh, an harmonized uh, uh, interest at the European level even. Okay, uh, maybe just to complement on this uh, answer. There was another question from an attendee. Um, mm -hmm. Why is it relevant whether hydropower is operated under an authorization, concession, permit or license? Shouldn't all hydropower plants be tendered following the EU directive on concessions? Oh, um, that's a, a low question. Uh, so you should uh, ask it for a lawyer. Um, well, uh, that's that's a good question. That's a question we uh, we we have. So we have looked at, at this problem from an economic point of view. Uh, we think that there are uh, economic consequences with regard to different types of rights. So concession permits, authorization. Uh, etc. Um, uh, so th there is possibly uh, an economic impact with this regard and uh, of course there is possibly a, also a problem of harmonization with regard the type of right and, and the new uh, um, the new directive about uh, about concessions uh, but there is lots of exemptions. I, I, I don't know it very well, but I think there is lots of exemptions in this 
um, in, in this directive. So possibly that's in the range of these exemptions. Okay. Then uh, I've received a couple of questions uh, on specific regions. And in fact, one was mm -hmm. just a, uh, about why did mm, you didn't consider the Balkan region in your analysis? I mean, was it due to the difficulty to collect data or information because from some producer yeah. it is considered as mm, the new Hydro Eldorado? Uh, well, uh, that's for sure that uh, the accessibility of data is a problem in this kind of, of study because uh, you have nothing, uh, you, you have to look at uh, the, um, the, uh, the national legislation mainly in the local language. But uh, I completely agree with you that uh, we should look at the Balkan area and our idea was also to look in an area where we have already um, a quite common marketplace uh, with a market coupling uh, so in, in this big part of Europe but that's for sure that in the coming years uh, there is possibly more uh, possibility in the Balkan area than in uh, any other uh, area in Europe. Okay, then one question which is more general. Uh, why concessions regimes such as in uh, France, Portugal, Spain, Italy are the only ones targeted for competition concerns? Uh, that <clears throat> I, I, that's something that indeed it, it's quite amazing that only concession regimes are, 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 are were targeted by the European Commission. Um, I don't know if there is any reason, uh, any economic reason, but possibly there, there is a, um, a, a low reason uh, that explains why it's more easy to for European Commission to ask for competition in the concession regimes because, well, even naturally we, when we think about concession, we think about period of uh, uh, competitive uh, openness for granting, uh, for uh, attributing the rights or renewing them. Whereas in other, when you think about permits or authorization, uh, we think less about this kind of uh, competitive process. So that could be a reason, but once again, I think that uh, that's something that should be investigated also in the uh, area uh, in the more judicial uh, area. Okay, then uh, we received a question from Sweden, which is more a comment. Mm -hmm. So we know that in Sweden, almost 50% of power is produced from hydro. And the question mm -hmm. was, uh, there was a minor question on, on how you define uh, small-scale hydropower in terms of CO2 emissions in your paper. And the second question is, um, do you think there is a need for opening, in fact, a new market for hydropower? given the potential? Mm -hmm. uh, well, that, that's something well, that uh, was not illustrated here. Uh, but uh, in our study, we'll look also at um, small-scale hydro uh, and uh, its support. And we have seen also that there is a wide diversity about uh, what is the, how is a small-scale uh, small hydro defined. Uh, for some countries, it's uh, 
power plants of uh, one megawatt or even smaller. For other country, it's when you are around uh, 10 or some tenths of, of uh, megawatts. Uh, you are around the, the you you are in the area of small scale hydro. So, so there is also a wide diversity, and, and we don't. It's, it seems it's a national decision, like for any support for uh, uh, renewable en energy sources. So, uh, well, that's um, uh, that's something that uh, it's still a, a result from subsidiarity uh, for well that. For opening uh, competition for uh, accessing hydropower, well, that's something we we do not. Uh, that's a question we do not answer. And we know it. Uh, from a point of view, it's it's really an open question because, well, uh, hydropower it's a kind of power. Uh, should is it really needed that it is open to competition? Because you can, if you cannot access to this kind of power, you can access to other uh, types of uh, generators. Uh, so why only uh, for hydropower? And well, that's for sure for the other generators, they have a shorter uh, duration of life. Whereas um, for uh, uh, for hydropower, you can have a power plant that is once uh, built, it's there for 100 or several uh, hundred zeros so th that may be a reason but from our point of view there is no uh, uh, still analysis to answer this question it's an open question there, there are some, some characteristics with regards for instance the duration of life of real plants that um, uh, call for uh, a competitive process uh, because once you have your power plant uh, and uh, you are accessing uh, a, a scarce natural uh, resource, uh, well, uh, that could be good that there is some uh, renewing in the uh, uh, actors accessing this resource. But on the other hand, you have other types of resource, other types of energy access, uh, accessible for producing electricity. Okay, great. Then we are really running late with our schedule, but as I see that most of the attendees are still online, I would just ask you okay. one last question, if you agree, yeah. Monsang. Yeah. Um, so the last question is, is there any link between the overall competition level on electricity on the electricity market and the initiation of infringement procedure on hydropower regimes as a way of opening the electricity market? That, that's for sure. When we look uh, when the DG market uh, has opened their uh, its infringement procedure in Spain, in Italy, in France, uh, there was some concern in these countries with regard more generally uh, the competition level, um, uh, and that could have been a way for DG market for opening the market for forcing to open the market in these countries. But that's not obvious that uh, that's something that uh, was really driving the DG market. But that's there is at least some correlation uh, between uh, the uh, the moment when the DG market opened uh, procedure uh, in these countries and also the uh, sector inquiry. Uh, and uh, the fact that in these countries at that uh, 
period of time, there was some concern uh, about the competition level. For instance, that, that's less true now in Italy. Uh, that's also less true, uh, less true uh, in Spain. Uh, even if there was not uh, so much uh, re renewal in the uh, in the concessions, so but that's for sure that that's that may be one reason why uh, uh, DJ Market targeted this country and not the other because there was less concerns uh, about uh, competition in their their countries uh, on the electricity market itself and not only on the hydropower um, market.